Spiritually Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Willey, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 49 features the head coach of Minnesota State Moorhead, Steve LeQuay. In this episode, learn Coach LeQuay's foundational values for building and turning around programs, his tips for instilling a vision and generating buy-in with players, and his advice for developing a culture that's about more than the game of football. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave a review on iTunes to help grow our program and show our message with a larger community. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practices by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-temple all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, that is G-O-R-O-U-T.com, or by emailing at sales at goroute.com. Or you can call the phone number at 866-777-1448. Episode 24 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Steve LeQuay starts now. Well, Coach, introduce yourself to our audience and share your background in coaching. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm a small-town North Dakota guy. Grew up in, in, in Cavalier, you know, majority of 46 people. I'm fortunate enough to marry my uh, my high school sweetheart. And um, I was a kind of multi-sport guy, football, basketball, baseball. Um, was fortunate enough to be able to get a chance to play at North Dakota State, uh, which was a, a school that, you know, I grew up admiring. My dad went there and and uh, I knew I wanted to, to be a football coach in high school. And I think, you know, I was blessed and lucky enough to, to know that. And I knew that at North Dakota State, they had talked to me about being able to be a graduate assistant as soon as I was done. And so um, it kind of was a match that worked out perfectly for me. I went there. I was by no means a, a superstar player at all. Um, you know, when as a quarterback, when you don't throw the ball well enough, you don't get to be a quarterback very long. So I moved to strong safety and outside linebacker. And uh, as soon as I was done, they hired me to be a, a graduate assistant coaching the tight ends, which I never played my entire life. So that was a great uh, experience. Um, once I was done with that, um, went on and coached Division Three ball at St. Olaf College, um, coached at Minnesota Crookston, which is one of our conference schools. After that, got hired back at my alma mater at North Dakota State by Coach Craig Bowl. Uh, which was kind of the dream come true for me. It was really at the time my dream job. Um, just wanted to be a, a bison and coach at my alma mater, and that was going pretty well. I think uh, the last year I was there, we were a 10-1 football team that only lost to the Gophers by a point but couldn't make it to the playoffs because we were a Division II transitioning team. Um, but at the time, there was as professionally as good as my life was. Probably the, the rest of my life was not in super great order and um you know what i decided i was gonna do whatever i needed to do to be a good dad and a good husband and walked away from the the dream job and ended up um coaching high school football here in fargo moorhead uh, at fargo shanley and fortunate enough to walk into a situation where uh, taught me a lot about football and how to coach and why to coach and really transformed me i think of the way i had coached into the coach that i am today and so it's been four um four great years there two of them were really successful which kind of opened 
opened the door to being able to come here to, to Minnesota State University Moorhead and kind of got to start the rebuilding process over again when I got this job. And so I've been here now going on eight years. And so it's been, uh, it's been a real fun ride and being able to look back at it, you can kind of definitely see the, the, the path that you took while you may not have planned it. It certainly, there was a lot of learning experiences and great experiences along the way. Coach, you have already hit on all the stops you've made throughout your coaching career and they've been all through all levels of collegiate football and also at the high school level as well. What do you believe has been a key ingredient to your success and what has allowed you to coach at such a high level? Well, I think some, uh, some, some comes down to pure luck um, in the fact that, you know, I got lucky enough on the staffs that I bounced around to that, you know, seven of those coaches that I spent time with day to day ended up being in the NFL, you know, some of them longer than others, but, you know, Gus Bradley, who, you know, used to be the head coach of the Jaguars, it's with the Chargers. He recruited me. I played under him. I coached with him as a GA. I coached with him when I was, you know, hired back at NDSU and, and Todd Wash, who's been phenomenal there, and Bob Babbitt, you know, as a head coach I played for. So some of it I got, you know, kind of lucky, I think, on that standpoint. I think, um, you know, in the end, looking at it, just being open to learn, um, you know, and, and, and really setting your ego aside that that you don't have all the answers, you know, as much of all of us try and think that maybe we do, especially when you're younger, that, you know, you got to, be open to new things, rely on, you know, having smart people around you, whether that's lucky on your staff or that's, you know, if you're a head coach trying to make sure you get smart people around you. Um, I think keeping in, in touch with mentors or trying people that maybe don't even necessarily know they're your mentor, but Hey, you're picking your brain, their brain and you're asking them questions and you're, you're gleaning information off of them. I think that's been key. I think in the end, um, you know, understanding that it, this, this business and I think everything you know really comes down to it's about people you know can you treat them well can you care about them um you know can can you really guide and inspire people to to become their best selves and you know I think when you're really that's kind of your mission and you're doing that I think people respond well to that and then I would say the last thing that that I tell people is I think just being a committed to personal growth self-development I think um you know I'm a constant podcast listener so I'm glad that, you know, people are out listening to this. I'm constantly, there's audio books, there's YouTube, TED Talks that I'm listening to, whatever it can be. I mean, there's so much information out there that, that you can grow. And I don't think it's just growing as a football coach. I think it's growing as a person and a, and a leader, whether that's relationships, whether that's finances, whether that's just true, truly studying leadership. But I think if you do that enough, it's almost like downloading information into your brain that at some point when you need to make key decisions, you, you, you make the right one. You don't necessarily know why, like, Oh, it was chapter six of this book. You just, you download the info that's allowed you to process it and then ultimately make a decision that's wise beyond your years. And I think um, the more and more people do that, I think the, the higher level of success that they'll see. What advice would you give to aspiring coaches who are looking to climb the coaching ladder, whether it be at the high school or collegiate level? Yeah, um, you know, I think number one, the best, you know, kind of early advice that I got was, you know, if you're if you're a guy coming right out of out of college, probably your best thing is to, if you want to be a college coach, stay in the college game because it's very difficult to get out as a high school coach and then come back to the college game knowing that you're going to have to drop to the bottom rung of the totem pole, and then now you're not going to be getting paid any. It's really tough to be to be going from making the money to not making any money. So which kind of, I think, leads into the first thing. It can't be about 
the money. You know, how what what areas are areas you can grow and what kind of jobs can give you opportunities and chances to learn, you know, to set you up from the future. So you got to have kind of a long uh, viewpoint of things. Uh, I think as much as you can trying to spend time with smart people, um, you know, whether it's people smart, whether it's football smart, that these people are constantly growing. You're going to, you're going to obviously grow from them. I think things that have been really helpful for me is, is reflection time. And, and I've taken, and you know, for the last over 10 years now, an, an hour a week and, you know, Wednesday morning early, that's my day of, you know, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to try and reflect on, Hey, what worked, what didn't work, what things are coming up that, you know what, I, I need to really make good decisions on and how do I need to, to do that? Or what things do I need to look at that, that um, maybe we haven't looked at for a while and understand how do we make this better? I think so reflection is, is key. Um, you know, and I'd say the last thing to be you, Every, we're all created differently. We all got different um, God-given abilities that, that are going to help us, but we've all had different experiences that have colored us and shaped us, and, and those are there for a reason. And so whatever it is, that, that be you. You know, I don't, I don't need to be the next Belichick or Saban because that's not me. I need to just be Steve Lockway and, and be confident and strong enough to know that, that that's going to be different. And that's okay because I really believe there's a different recipe for success for wherever you are, whatever program you're in and you and your personality, that success and that recipe can be completely different. And I've seen that at all the different places I've been. It's not one size fits all. Here's the recipe to succeed everywhere. You're going to have to tweak that to, to who you are in the places that you are, which you need to be successful. Coach, let's talk a little bit about your time at North Dakota State. You, I mean, as you pointed out earlier, you coached under Craig Bowl. Um, was incredibly successful there. What specifically did you learn and take with you that has really helped influence the programs that you've led since then? Yeah, I think, um, you know, going even back to my time as a player, I think just that, that pride in the program that was developed there, that you really are part of something bigger than yourself, you know, that, 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 what you're doing on every every Saturday matters to not just the fans in the stadium, but people watching all over. So I think there was definitely a tradition of excellence that I think raised a level of oh, effort and expectation. And I think, you know, you try and do that with the programs you're on when you're trying to tie people in. This is bigger than just you and what you do matters beyond what you can probably see only in your vision. I think um, other things from there, there's a, they definitely, you were able to instill a belief that you could really handle any type of adversity, you know, in life on the field, um, whether through the off season training, through the in season training, I think there was that belief that no matter what happened, you were going to, you were going to find a way. Um, and, and I think in particular, you know, I played under two, you know, one head coach, I coached with, you know, with Craig as was a different head coach from when I was there as a player. But I think what he helped me really see was the importance of, you know, motivating people from the inside out. You know, I would say traditionally a lot of football coaches, especially in the past, have been that outside-in uh, coach, drill sergeant that's going to kind of impose their will on people and, and make them do things. And almost, you know, like, like I say here, you know, we're not going to scare you into wanting to be great. You know, we have to inspire you to want to be great. And I think that was probably the biggest thing I took from, from Craig of, you know, internally motivating people if you want to be consistently long-term successful. And 
I'll tell you, that's hard. It's harder and it takes more creativity. That's not, you know, the easy thing is to say, well, we're going to punish this kid, so let's just run him. Okay, well, what can you do that actually reaches that kid specifically and better? You know, I've got a stack of books on my desk because sometimes it's a, they get a book report that they got to do that maybe gets them back on track. And so there's some, it's, it's difficult, but I think if you can find your way into connecting with each kid and figuring out how do you motivate that guy from the inside out, you can do some pretty special things. And I think that was um, a good eye opener for me at that point in my life. Coach, kind of to build off that a little bit, how has that changed over the years? You know, Brian and I, we both, uh, this is our first year here in Fairmont, Minnesota, teaching a leadership class, trying to, trying to instill a lot about what you just talked about in, in instilling that um, standard of, of expectation in kids, you know, without intimidating, without, you know, having to constantly motivate them and, and really inspiring them from within. How has that evolved over the years, and, and how do you really get your kids to buy into that? Yeah, well, I think that's part of what I learned when I went from North Dakota State 10-1 and 1, to Fargo-Shanley High School 0 for 10, you know, and when I, I still keep the flip phone on my desk to remind me because I, after that first practice, I drove home and called my wife on it and said, man, I, I can't do this. This is the worst football I've been around in my entire life. Like, we're never going to win a game. No matter how good I am, you know, there's no way we can – can, can win a game this year. And it really made me confront reality of then why am I coaching football and why am I asking these kids to give to something bigger themselves? And that's where, you know, I think the foundation really came of our program now and how I coach that it, it is more than football. Okay. So how are we going to use these experiences to prepare them for the game of life? We're not preparing them for the NFL. I can only give so many guys starting time. I can only give so many guys playing time but I'm going to give each one of them an experience every single day um, with it. And so for us, it was, um, you know, when you're trying to instill that piece of, okay, well, why are we really doing this? You know, how is this going to help us now? But how is this going to help you in the future? And I think the biggest thing that, that I've found in both kind of, you know, situations is it's the biggest thing, if you can get the players to, to buy into you, once they've bought into you, then they're going to buy into the vision. It's not necessarily coming up with the plan first. You know, I think Simon Sinek said, you know, um, Martin Luther King didn't say, I have a plan speech. He, he had, I had a dream speech. You know, he, I have a vision. I have, they already had bought into him, and then it kind of went. They don't buy into the plans. They buy into the people. And, and then they, people will do what people see. So when they see you excited about it and they see you investing time into each kid and their relationship and their betterment and how we're going to, get them better not only as a football player but off the field I think the willingness becomes a lot more of okay so this really is not just about you coach like it's about me and how we can connect this thing and um, that's that's been really transformational for me is trying to understand how each kid is wired whether that's going into the five love languages or whether that's understanding the Myers-Briggs personality tests okay, how is this kid wired and how is that different than me? So how do I need to change my approach and level of delivery to reach this, this player? And if, if you can be open to being able to do those things, I think it really, really helps the buy-in from that standpoint. Now, Coach, you talked in a little bit about your time at Faro Shanley, and um, you did 
fail to mention that you did garner two state championships uh, in 2009 2010 uh, but then a- after that point you kind of then took over another rebuilding situation and at your current position at msu moorhead so when you're looking at rebuilding teams and for coaches looking to turn around programs that may be in similar circumstances what advice would you give them and what areas would you recommend they focus their rebuilding efforts on first yeah you know i think you know it sounds cliche but but shoot just focusing on the process and I, I've said at both places, one of the lines I said that the most often for those first few years in the rebuild was you have to do the things that winners do. Keep doing the things that winners do. If we live, the great thing is we live in a cause and effect world. You know, so if I, if I tip my, my glass of milk over, it spills, right? You know, it doesn't hit the ceiling. So we know, but if meaning if I can do the things that winners do long enough and I can stay focused enough on that path, the path only leads to one end. It's winning. It might not be as fast as you want, you know, or as much as you maybe want, but it will lead you there. And so we tried to just go, hey, those are the things you got to focus on. So what do winners do? Winners show up every day and work hard. Okay. So it started for us in the weight room in the high school, but it started the same way in the college, you know, of, okay, those are expectations that you're going to come here and you're going to work hard and you're going to do the lifts that we have and you're going to do the running that we have okay, now here's the standards. And so, um, you know, I think that's the, the beginning of it. I think um, our focus on leadership development, how do you get guys to think different? Because if they don't think different, they're not going to act different. I think that's one of the great pieces about leadership development. It helps guys think different. So, you know, a quick example, we have a player this year that was overweight coming in out of high school. You know, we, we challenged him to get to plain weight that was 35 pounds less than what he came in at. Well, to his credit, over the course of an entire year, he lost 35 pounds. And I, I bet you, you could, if you had a dollar for every person in America that wants to lose 35 pounds, you'd be a rich person. He was able to do what tons of people have not been able to do. But the converse, the final step conversation that I had to have with him this spring was, hey, you, you got to quit playing like you're still the fat, overweight kid. You've already lost the weight. In your mind, if you don't change how you think and realize that's not you anymore, where you've got to be kind of halfway jogging to the ball because you're tired, that, that's not you. But when you can see yourself different and think different, you're going to start to play different. You're almost there. And, and I think um, if you can get your players to start to think different um, and set appropriate goals. I, I've been I've been part of a one-win season, and I knew that half the games you're going into, you're not going to win. That's okay. Well, let's not talk about winning. You know, we're not going to win. Let's talk about at the end of today, we need to be a better football team than when we start. And then at the end, we got to be able to show, did we do that? Yes or no. And I think as long as guys feel like they're making progress and they know that, hey, this isn't going to be built in a day, we're going to get better, they can at least buy into it. Okay, the plan's working. Maybe not as fast as we want. Maybe we didn't get a win. But okay, we can at least, you've shown us some tangible signs of progress. All right, we didn't get beat by 40. We got beat by 28. Well, step in the right direction. So <laughs> it's, you, you have to have the long, the long view a little bit and help your kids see that, which is um, difficult. But I think, again, the better your relationships with them, um, the better they're going to follow your, your lead on that. Recruiting coach is obviously the, the lifeblood of any college program. So how are you able to sell your vision at MSU Moorhead to – you know, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids 
when especially when you were first starting out in the rebuild because it, as you said it was it was tough at the beginning so how do you sell them on the vision that it's going to get better <laughs> yep well one of our one of our former captains he said you know on on my recruiting visit to watch the game you said hey don't really look at the team that's out there look at the team that could be out there in the future so some of it changing <laughs> that picture um you know for me it was I, my time leaving NDSU to being at Shanley High School and, and really, I think, helping get a new perspective on why the game of football exists. That part of my driver of leaving high school and coming back with, to college was, I think we can do the same thing at college. I think you can focus on more than football and giving kids a great experience and helping them use the game of football to better you know, set them up for success in life. I, I think we can do that as a character development tool in college and still win, where I don't have to sell my soul to the devil and, you know, what have a bunch of good players that are dirtbags running around. And so it was kind of my driving force. And so, uh, you know, our piece was, you know what, we're using the game of football for more than football. It is more than football and we're preparing you for the game of life. And here's how we're going to do it. Whether it be our leadership development stuff that we do, whether it be, we're going to help you teach the adversity, you know, that comes with this, how to work through it, or here's the learning experiences. Well, this is going to be a tool to help us help you become your best self. And that's not for every 17 and 18 year old kid, like you said, and that's okay. What what I've learned is we're going to be us. This is who we are. And all we want is the guys that also want that. Some guys just want to go to a program and have cool jerseys or play in front of a lot of people or, you know, do whatever. Like we're just trying to find the guys that, view football how we view football and we think if we find those guys along the way we're going to win a bunch of football games too but we have to have guys that want that and so it's a little bit unique but it's trying to find the guys that are aligned with with you and that's just what we sold and we got to be okay with guys that don't want to be a part of that that's all right that's they'll find something that fits better now coach you've kind of alluded to a little bit of it um, and talking about your culture of your program but you know your program's been described as, you know, the Dragon Way as being part of your culture. So kind of explain for our listeners what is really meant by the Dragon Way and kind of explain a little bit how your culture is viewed in, inside your program. Yeah, you, you know, I think the the Dragon Way is for us, it ends up being, you know, our four core values. Um, you know, for us, it's it's do what's right. You know, it's the number one. doesn't mean you got to be perfect. None of us are perfect. But you have to have a genuine desire to to want to do what's right. And when you don't, when you mess up, you know what, you're going to own your mistake. You're going to, you're going to figure out how do we fix this? And we're going to move on. Uh, number two would be find a way, you know, there's just zero excuses, find a way, figure it out. I think that's life isn't easy. Life is difficult. And you know what, you got to figure out how you're going to get it done. You know, and um, you got to be number three would be keep getting better. You know, you're never going to arrive in our program. We never want you to be satisfied. We always want you to to look at things and how can I make them better? You know, how can I think outside the box to get better? Whether that's in football, in academics, in my social life, you know, what do I need to do to to keep them better? And then, you know, four would be great, be a great teammate, you know, and that takes a lot of different views. But for us, it's kind of, you know, be willing to do the things that that are asked of you that maybe other people might not want to do. They might not be glamorous. You know, we say around here, be willing to clean the crappers. You know, not a job everybody wants to do, but if that's what we need to get done, then somebody's got to be able to do it. And I think that's kind of the basis of our, our core values that fit the type of person that we need in our program. Like, 
it, I don't really care necessarily where the people come from or where the, what their background is and all this, their personalities. They're all going to be different, but those four things have to be embedded in their DNA. And if they are, then we got the right people part of the equation fit up. And so for us, like you say, our culture, you know, I think our culture really comes down to people. You know, they have to fit the Dragon Way principle. You know, so one people, two, they got to be what our culture has to be in the taking care of the environment, meaning, hey, what kind of environment do you want people to experience when they show up to your program? Practice, weight room, game day, what is it? You know, so for us, it's positive and energetic. You know, we're not going to be dog cussing and, and MFing kids up and down the field. We're, we're here to try and make football the best part of their day. So when they show up in the locker room or at practice, they don't dread coming here. They leave here better than when they came here. So we're always very in tune with what, what is our environment like? How are we taking care of our football environment that our kids are part of it? And then number three, you know, what are we doing to intentionally um, craft or, or evolve their, their input, their development, so to say, their leadership, whatever it might be. We have a platform. How are we going to give back to them or invest in them to build them up? And I think those are the three things that ultimately are the three prongs to our culture people, environment, input. And, you know, everyone around football, you hear it so common. We want a family, you know, we want brotherhood or all this stuff. But for us, we said, yep, that's what we want. But we need to do things that actually build that. Well, what do, what do good families have? How do good families get built? We would go right back to those same three questions that we had, people, environment, input. Every, every parent, whether they know it or not, asks their son, who are you going to be with? Who, who's going with you? Why? Because the people part matters. They also ask, whose house are you going to? Where are you going to be? Why? Because the environment that they're going to be in matters. They ask, what are you looking at on your phone? How much time are you spending on that? Why? Because, you know, the input matters. If it's garbage in, it's garbage out. And so all great parents do that to get a good family. There's no reason that college football programs shouldn't have the same three things that are front and center in their mind if they truly want to get to a point where it's a good family. And so for us, that, those are the things that build a our culture and we believe in them and we try and put a lot of emphasis on them. What's the next step that you have to take at Minnesota state, uh, Moorhead to grow your football program. So, you know, you, where you, you started is obviously, you know, not anywhere close to where you are now because you guys have grown that so much. Now what's next for you? Yeah. You know, for us, honestly, it's continuing to get better at telling our story and being really specific about, here, here's who we are, and that's not for everybody. And, and so I think from a recruiting standpoint, for us to con- keep doing that and doing it better, um, and I would say you're looking at it as a whole, we got to get better at branding our program where that's known by more people. I, I, I really think it's amazing, but I think we're just this well-kept secret for whatever reason out there of, oh, I didn't know people do things that way. Wow, I, I didn't know you guys have gotten successful again. Yeah, I mean, somehow – we got to get our story out there and I've got to be able to do a better job of, you know, helping everything get branded so that people can look at us and, and hear MSUM football and go, Oh, okay. For those guys, it is more than football. Hey, it is about family. And here's the, here's the things that go with it. And so um, hopefully we can grow on that standpoint. And I think if we do those things, you know, in the end, the wins take care of themselves. We, we don't talk a lot about winning. We just talk about being, you know, better than we were yesterday and getting better and doing things well and working our, working our tails off. And you know what, whatever happens, happens. And if we do those things, I think the, you know, we'll get enough wins that 
that everybody's happy with, and we'll get enough accolades that come with that. Coach, our last question of our podcast has something that has nothing to do with football, but it's just kind of a way for us to get to know our uh, coaches a little bit better and our guests. And so um, our question for you is if you had a walk-up song as a professional baseball player or a professional wrestler, what would your walk-up song be? And you got to tell us why. Oh, gee, okay. Um, I, I will go with the old uh, trusty Eye of the Tiger. Um, and I would only say because when I was a high school basketball player, that's what we played for our starting lineups and I loved it. And every time I still hear the song, I kind of get cranked up. Like it's almost ready to, to go compete and play a game. So I, I would definitely go with that one. <laughs>